Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jane Urquhart. Uh, Jane and I, a few weeks ago, uh, just wanted to, I think just in praying and everything, just wanted to take a couple of, couple of Sundays this week and next week to uh, just... I suppose share what what we believe God is saying at this time and what our response as a people is to what he's saying. It's all a continuation of what he's already been saying and doing, um, but we just really wanted to highlight um, some things this week and next week. And the last Sunday of the month is Pentecost Sunday, and we believe God wants to do something really powerful on that morning um, as, as we gather together. And so on that Sunday morning... We'll have all, everybody in together, children, everybody. But th- we'll have a time of worship. God just wants to do something powerful on that, that morning. And, and these two weeks are going to help to prepare us for that. But what we're going to say this week and next week are much bigger than just a Sunday morning at the end of the month in that sense. But just want to let you know the kind of the next three weeks in that sense. Now, in, in our praying and prepping for these couple of Sundays... Uh, Jane's going to pretty much speak this morning um, in terms of all the stuff we had when we kind of worked it through is how it's going to land. So next week we'll both be sharing uh, a bit more. But just to give a context for a moment of what Jane's going to bring. God has, God has called us as Kingdom Faith to operate spiritually in, in different ways. And one of the one of the ways in which God has anointed us as kingdom faith is in the whole aspect of worship. Now we know worship is a way that is the way that we live. It's not just what we do in a meeting. We know it's how we live. And at the heart of who we are is we're a people of the spirit and we're a people of the word. And we seek to live as a people according to the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to live a very spirit-filled, spirit-led life according to the word. And we very much want to hold fast to the word. We want to hold the line in terms of what the word of God says and how we live the word out. But we know that has to be done in the power of the spirit not in any self-effort, legalism, trying to do it in our own strength. We know that, that God speaks into our lives to show us who He is, who we are in relation to Him and who He is in relation to us, but then how we're to live and express that to the people around us in our everyday lives because there has to be expression of His life to those around us. We, we can't just have some big vision without any local expression around our own lives, the community that we live in, wherever we have congregations, etc. And so part of the anointing on us is, is in the whole area of, of worship. And, and Jane's going to speak around that, okay, but give more of a context of some of our response, not just over the next few weeks, but over the coming months and, and why that is so important in terms of what God is doing amongst us, but what also he is doing in the body of Christ at this time. 
Um, so therefore, we live as kingdom faith with a mission, on a mission. We're called kingdom faith because the focus of our lives is the kingdom. Our focus is not the church. Jesus came and preached the gospel of the kingdom. And so any church is to reflect the life and the power of the kingdom. So we are disciples of the kingdom. We're not disciples of the church. We are the church, the people, the body of Christ. But we are disciples of the kingdom. And, and so we are seeking to live kingdom life on earth as it is in heaven, okay? Therefore, God is spirit. Everything he does, he does by his spirit. But there has to be an earthing of what that means. So if God is spirit and everything he does is by his spirit, there's got to be something of the reality of the kingdom that is seen on earth in a very real way that is already happening in heaven. And so part of who we are as kingdom faith is to see God's kingdom, heaven, come on earth as it is in heaven in that sense, right? So the natural mind doesn't understand the things of the spirit. The, natural, the things of the spirit or the things of the kingdom, they're foolishness to the natural mind. So that is why as disciples of the kingdom, God wants us to have a spiritual understanding that then gives us the, the understanding of how then we live our lives on earth but with a spiritual understanding, a kingdom understanding, a kingdom dynamic in our lives that God then wants to release and express on earth. So we have a mission as kingdom faith. Part of that, God has spoken that we are to be a catalyst for revival. That doesn't mean we're the only ones at all. Otherwise, that would be the height of pride and arrogance. But we have a DNA. We have a, a certain dynamic of God in us. It's in the DNA of who we are. It's expressed in the worship. It's expressed in the way that we pray. It's expressed in the way that we teach and preach. It's therefore expressed in the way that we live our lives. This faith and revival dynamic that God has DNA'd into who we are as kingdom faith. And so we have to express that in our everyday lives. But there's also an expression in the spirit that we rise to because of what God is doing at this time in this nation and the nations. In John 4, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he spoke to her at one point and he said, the true worshippers will worship in spirit and in truth. What was he saying? He was saying true worshippers are gonna, they're gonna live by the spirit and they're gonna live by the truth. Because that is true worship. 
True worship is the way we live our lives in terms of honouring God and honouring one another and what he wants to do on earth as it is in heaven. But we also know there's an aspect of spiritual reality where there are things to do with worship, praise, prayer, that kind of stuff that does something in the spirit. And the natural mind doesn't understand those things. And so, but when God explains those things through his word, our spirit says yes and amen. That informs our natural mind to then be submitted to the mind of the spirit so that our thinking then comes in line with the mind of the spirit so that we don't just think on a natural level, but we think on a spiritual level or a kingdom level or a heavenly level. Are you with me? Because there's, there's, two, there's two realms. There's the spiritual realm and there's the natural earthly realm. And Jesus didn't just stay in that realm there and talk down and say, be saved, be saved. He came down and revealed the kingdom. He revealed the Father through his life so that we could then become part of this kingdom. But then what is the purpose of becoming part of this kingdom? It's not then just to be taken up to heaven. It's then to express this kingdom life on earth and see God's kingdom extended. All right. So... This all sounds a bit waffly, that lot, and a bit spiritual on one level, and a bit like, can you land that? And today's message is going to be a little bit more around some spiritual realities and part of the call that God has given us as kingdom faith and some of our response to that, which is more to do with worship, prayer, and that side. Next week, we're going to earth it as well in different ways as to what does that mean in our lives personally more? What does this mean in our homes what does this mean to be expressed in the next generation? And, uh, and all of that will come out next week. So I don't want to go there now because there's stuff in us that is, is just, you know, that God wants to release amongst us in a, in a fresh way. Is that okay? So let's just welcome Jane. She comes to, uh, to share this morning. Well, morning, everybody. Good to see you. And um, I just want to pick up on... Just, uh, just the sound this morning in the room of, of praising God. How amazing he is. How amazing he is. Everything he's been doing this morning. And one of the reasons we do uh, um, freedom is because we are a people who declare the praises of him who has saved us. Amen. Amen. Freedom is declaring the word. It's, you, you go through this course of in the word and then we declare the word, we sing the word, we're praying the word, we're rejoicing in the word of God, in who God is and freedom comes. Amen. Amen. And this is who we are in kingdom faith, declaring. We are priests, all of us here, not just in kingdom faith, but the church. We are a chosen people. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. 1 Peter 2.9, maybe up there, maybe not. Anyway, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. This is what a priest does. We go before the Lord. We honour him. We worship him. We exalt him first. That's what a priest would do. We minister our thanks to God first. And then we go to the people. We go out there. 
whether you're a leader or whether you're not. You know, you're just, we're just Christians, we're believers. We minister to God, our thanks and our worship and our praise, and then we move out to those around us and declare the praises of him who, ta- who took us out of darkness into light. Amen? Amen. 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 If you weren't, you will be. <laughs> these, these few weeks are just going to build, okay, what God wants to just release in and amongst us. Moses would go and meet with God face to face in the tent of meeting. And when he came out, he would just be glowing with the presence and the majesty of God. He would meet with God face to face, then he would go out to the people and take to the people what they needed to say, what they needed to do and all the rest of it. And there was a young man called Joshua who would stay in the tent of meeting because he wanted to just continue to meet with God. And then he was chosen by God to be the leader for the next generation of the people. I, uh, we know that Kingdom Faith has anointing to, for worship, amen? Yeah. And praise and declaration, declaring truth of who he is, declaring his word. And um, I'd been a, we've been in a season of just sensing that God really wanted to do, um, uh, establish a presence here, um, partly in the building, but also more in, in our lives through worship through praise, through faith, through declaration. And um, so the Lord had been doing something in me, speaking to me personally about this. Um, I ha- at home, I have a tent of meeting, if you like. I have a prayer room. And when we first moved into that house, the Lord said to me, this is our tent of meeting. And that's where I go and I go and meet with him. It's wonderful. <laughs> Maybe you can have one in your house too. <laughs> Just make it, even if it's a cupboard, it doesn't matter. Just to put some twinkly lights in there, get your Bible in there, get your worship in there, just meet with him face to face. Okay? Um, and um, does someone want to flick the switch on that plug that's in over there? Thank you. So I've been thinking about this, praying about this. The Lord had been speaking to me personally. And um, I was like, we, we were like, okay, Lord, do you want a, a, like a, a physical... Um, establishment of worship here on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis, where people can come here if they want to and worship and pray and intercede, or, or we just we in our own homes. Lord, you're, you're speaking. So anyway, I, I um, met with some of the worshippers and the intercessors, and we were like, yes, there was an agreement. There was a sound in the room. The words were flowing um, that, that they already had, and we prayed, and they were hearing. Uh, we were hearing God together for what He wanted to do, and um, we will meet in different rooms sometimes to pray for you guys and to seed and um, but I really felt that, that it wanted God wanted something to happen here in this this room but it gets used quite a lot during the week and so this was the week weekend that we had um the family service where we have encounter going on and we have all the stations around the room and uh, when I walked in on the Sunday morning this tent of meeting had been built I had no idea and I walked in it was like God you've put a space just so we can go and meet with you if you want to. And some people were like, what's that? <laughs> and some people were like, let me in there and I want to stay there. <laughs> it's a wonderful space to go. But we left it there. I said, can we leave it there? Because there's a picture of this tent of meeting that, yes, we can come into here if you want to or you have in your own home. But, it is, but he's in us, right? We don't have to go to a physical place. He is in us, but he wants to meet with us in his intimacy and love on an ongoing 
basis. And there is, this is so important. This is so important. He is looking in the earth for his priests. There are priests at the moment in the earth that are not living how God wants them to live. And they're being exposed. And it hurts a lot of people what's going on. God is looking for a pure-hearted priest who loves God with all of his heart, will worship God, will honour him, will thank him and live out from that place. Um, So one of the scriptures uh, the Lord has been speaking to, he actually gives to Clive and I on an sort of ongoing basis, not that regularly, but it comes up every now and then. Isaiah 54, 1 to 5. Sing, rejoice, worship, O barren woman. Okay? We are all living, we all have stuff in our lives that isn't happening yet that we're looking looking forward to, we're praying, we're believing. There are things going on in our lives but where we're not seeing what we want to see. God says, sing, rejoice, worship. And that can sound quite a hard, tough thing to do when you're going through something, when you're really going through something. It's the last thing you want to hear someone say to you, right? You just want to slap them in the face. Um, but, he, but there's a reason, and it's a very important under- revelation of who God is. Shout for joy, O barren one, she who has not given birth. Break forth into joyful shouting and rejoice, she who has not gone into labour. For the spiritual sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the sight of your tent to make room for more children. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs firm in the ground. In other words, even if you're not seeing what you you want to see or what I've promised you, Increase is coming, it says basically in the Passion Translation. (laughs) Increase is coming. Amen. Because God is a God of increase. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will take possession of nations and will inhabit deserted cities. Do not fear, for you will not be put to shame. Do not feel humiliated or ashamed, for you will not be disgraced. And you will forget the shame of your youth. You will no longer remember the disgrace of your widowhood. This is so important. For your husband is your maker. Is it the same version? Yes. The Lord of hosts is his name. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of the whole earth. I just want to unpack this. In other versions, it puts it slightly differently, but God is our creator. If we need something, he can create it. If we need miracles or healing or something divine to happen or something to happen in our lives that he has promised he is the creator so he does it amen he is a husband whatever we need he will meet our deepest need because he is our husband he is our redeemer he saved us. And he was speaking to a people, Israel, and he's telling them, I'm created, I created you, so I'm going to bring you into increase. I'm your husband. I'm going to love you always and never leave you. I'm your redeemer. I'm going to send the saviour for you. 
I am the host, the Lord of hosts, heaven's armies. I'm in control of everything. I am the Holy One of Israel. I am the God of the whole earth. Does that cover all the bases of anything we will ever need in our life? I think it does. Amen. So that's why he says to us, whatever's going on, rejoice and worship me in faith and trust me, I am going to do what I've said I'm going to do. Amen. (laughs) That's why he says we can rejoice. It's faith. It's faith in a mighty God who has got every every area of our life covered. Amen. We go from asking to decreeing who he is. This is so important. We go from asking or worrying or not doing anything to decreeing who he is is a faith sound that God wants from his people, from his people, from us. There is a faith sound, there is a faith declaration God is after in the earth from his church. Amen. And it is going to be released in us and through us. This this word is going to build over the next few weeks. Amen. In the Psalms, it says, uh, it shows man worshipping God with his total being. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my being, praise his holy name. And another psalm, come, let us bow down and worship him. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, our creator. The act of bowing down or kneeling before someone indicates an attitude of complete submission to that person, giving all, surrendering all to Jesus. As the woman with the alabaster jar of perfume did when she came to Jesus. So while Jesus was in Bethany, In the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of ointment, perfume, pure nard, very costly and precious. And she broke the jar and poured the perfume over him. She gave her all in surrender and submission, giving all of her adoration and tears. This was a heart response from this woman to her saviour, to her Lord. This was precious. This was expensive. This was everything in this jar was her security, her future, her dreams, because it was expensive. She broke it and poured it all out in trust at the feet of Jesus and anointed him as the one she loved more than anything. And it made people in the room uncomfortable It caused response of what a waste. And some people don't get extravagant worship. They just don't get it. They just see it as a waste of time. Can't be bothered. I don't get this. There's nothing going on. Or it's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. But this response... This heart response, this extravagant worship, it said the fragrance filled the whole room. 
the presence of God when we worship at this level. There's something that's released that affects everybody. Some, yes, negatively, but some it's like, wow, what is this? It's God. It's his fragrance. It's worship. It's love. It's adoration. It's, this doesn't happen everywhere. This is, this is precious to God. Jesus loved it. And um, a couple of questions. I've been listening to some things and just like, uh, just what the Lord's been doing with me. And um, he's just saying, are we too busy to behold him? Are we too busy to behold the one who died for us? Are we too busy doing to adore him and give him the time and attention bring him the adoration. Adoration, when we spend time adoring him, when we spend time focusing on who he is and what he's done, like they do in heaven, that's all they do. That's all they just worship and worship and worship. Revelation comes, more revelation comes, more and more and more. Revelation of who he is, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The God of the whole earth, the Holy One of Israel. More revelation. If we want more revelation, then worship. Worship him. Praise him. Declare who he is from the word of God. And more, more, you'll have more revelation of who he is. Is this true? Amen. Uh, interesting in... Um, in one of the, so there's four different versions of this woman who comes and gives everything to Jesus at his feet. And uh, uh, one of them in Luke 7, Jesus said, because the guys are complaining, um, Jesus said, when I came into your house, just think about this. When I came into your house, when I came into your life, or when I come into your building or whatever, because you know what's interesting is when, when God's presence was removed from the temple, they didn't have a temple anymore. They then built synagogues so they could still meet. And synagogues were a place of teaching and a place of community. There's no presence of God there. We don't ever want to be a place of just teaching a community without the presence of God. Without the presence of God. Because that's what changes, changes lives, amen. Yes, the other stuff's important. Very, very important that we teach and that we have community. Everything that goes on in this building, but his presence. His presence changes us, Amen. He said, when I came into your house, you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. Are we too grown up to kiss Jesus? No. <laughs> Are we too mature to just kiss Jesus? But she came, from the moment I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet tenderly and caressingly. You did not anoint my head with ordinary oil, but she has anointed my feet with costly, rare perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, many as they are, are forgiven because she has loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Wow. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, I, I, the other day, some of us were worshipping in the uh, in the, one of the rooms, and um, 
I quite often, when I think about being saved, I cry. And, and I've been saved a long time now, but I, I still cry. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I got saved. And, um, and I, cry, I cried solid for an hour. I, just, I hadn't cried so much, so much, you know, like so much. It's not in tears. Um, uh, I was just crying and um, I was just so thankful. I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank you. And the Lord took me to this story in Luke 17. And it starts at verse 12 where um, it says, as he was going into one village, this was Jesus, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and called, Jesus, Master. So they recognized he's a, a rabbi, yeah? Take pity and have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go at once and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet. So first of all, he's praising out loud to everybody. What God has done, I am healed. It's a miracle. And he falls prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, and when, when I was reading this, yes. Taya, we're going to praise Jesus together. Yes, we are. It's my granddaughter, by the way, in case you didn't know. She's going to be a worshipper, <laughs> amongst other things. Anyway, um, when the Lord took me to this story, and it says, Jesus asked, were there not 10 of you? Where are the others? Where are the others? And so I was crying all over again <laughs> because I was crying for the heart of Jesus because he has done what he has done for everybody. But there are very few who acknowledge who he is and thank him over and over and over. And this is what we're going to be doing in heaven, guys. Over and over and over. Thank you. Thank you. God. I am so grateful I got saved. So, so grateful, so thankful. But my heart just wants to, just wants to thank him all the time and honour him. Not because, not, not for what I have now. It's not for what I have now. You might look at my life and say, well, you got something to be thankful for. No, when I got saved, I was nothing and I had nothing, but I spent hours on my face thanking God for saving me, for his mercy and his grace and his love that took hold of me out of darkness into light. We can all do that. Amen. Come on. Thanking him over and over. So these are just different aspects of, of, of worship, aren't they? There's the loud declaration of what he's done in here and out there. There's the falling at his feet and worshipping him. There's the surrender of everything. Our lives, our time, our finances, everything that we are, our future. We just lay at his feet and worship him because it's all his. Amen. Where are the others? Where are the others? So the others, this was a Samaritan, he wasn't a Jew. The Jews, 
acknowledged that they were, they'd got, got healed. They went to the temple to show the priests they were healed, but they didn't acknowledge Jesus. Then they didn't acknowledge him. They didn't go and thank him. And again, when the Lord was showing me this story, I started crying again on another level. Where are the Jews? We've, we, we acknowledge what he's done, right? We're not Jews. Why is most of us in this room? Where are the Jewish people? Where are those he came and died for? To love on. And, and so when we were praying about how do we start this, this, these times, this ongoing daily worship, um, in and out of the building, how do, how do we go about this? And I felt the Lord say that we need, we need to start in May. And then I heard about the uh, Mike Bickle, you may have heard, has called for a million prayers, worshippers to be praying for Israel in the month of May. So I just felt the Lord say, um, I don't want you to pray specifically for Israel. I want you to exalt me over Israel. So join with the timing of the 7th to the 28th of May when it's more than, it's over 5 million believers praying daily at this moment and worshipping across the earth. Did you know that? And we have aligned ourselves in that time, in this season right now, to be exalting God because it says he is the Holy One of Israel. Amen. He's their Lord. He's their creator. He's their husband. We exalt him over Israel. And we're doing that daily with millions of others across the earth. What a time to be alive. Yes. What, if we want to see a billion soul harvest, it's going to start there. Amen. First fruits. So when we're praying for them and exalting God over them, we see a, we see a harvest in, of Jewish people across the earth are going to get caught up in this harvest that we are believing for before Jesus returns. Amen? Amen. Amen. I need to crack on. Okay, so uh, God is doing something. <laughs> and we're just moving with him. Yep. Yep. We're just going to exalt who he is because his praise needs to be heard in the earth. There's some tough things going on. There'll be tougher things coming. Who, us acknowledging who he is in my own head, in my own heart, and my own life is so important. Corporately, we're going to look at that next week, okay? What God does in the spirit when we are all moving as a people, yeah? And we've got lots of words, lots of pictures, dreams that all the guys, the the intercession team and the worshippers have been having for this season. It's so amazing what God does when we respond to him. Amen. And we're going to do that in a minute. One last dream. Uh, one last thing I want to share is a dream that somebody had as we were praying into all this. And she said, in the dream, I was in various places watching plans for spiritual war being prepared. The two things I saw specifically were bombs and a vast army. The bombs were all set in people's heads, in their minds. The army was huge and numbered beyond what I could even comprehend. They were being trained and recruited in vast numbers. I believe this was a glimpse of insight into enemy plans. Amen. So in Israel at the moment, a prime example, they have real bombs going on. If you haven't heard, it's like hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of rockets being shot over. They have real bombs and we know of Ukraine. Other real stuff that's going on. But the bombs that are going off in people's heads at the moment is intense, Yeah. The warfare for people's minds, for mental health, for, for general health, for what's going on in the, how the enemy bombards us constantly. This is why it's so important we don't spend our time and attention on what's going on in the news, but we spend our time and attention on him and what his word says and declaring this over our lives and our destinies and our future. Amen. 
We do not have a spirit of fear. With power, love, and a sound mind. Anyway, then I was in a room surrounded by demons. They were very intimidating and aggressive. And the leader of them all, not sure if he was a demon or the devil, came directly up to me, looked me in the eye, and began pressing his forehead against mine, trying to push me back. He couldn't touch me any other way. And maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you know there's been a battle going on in in here. And it's intense. You know, the enemy hates us and he wants to shut us down. So, um, but he couldn't touch her any other way. This is really important. This is where he gets us. When we think wrong about ourselves and about God and everything else, you know, he's he's got us. But um, as he pushed against me, I began to sing. (laughs) I began to sing a song with the following words. I know the one who is greater than you. I know the one who has all the power. His name is Jesus Christ. You're defeated. Says, as I kept singing, suddenly the church was around me. And all together we came and began singing that song over and over. By now we were so caught up in Jesus and in his victory. We were consumed with him. This is how we need to live. Amen. Consumed with him. Uh, And the enemy shriveled up and disappeared. So if you want to know how to deal with the enemy, start singing. (laughs) Start declaring who Jesus is. We erupted singing that fantastic old song, Shout, Shout for Joy, which has great lyrics based on scripture. And I'm not going to sing it. That is an old song that my kids, I don't know if Toby remember, but Joe's, no, Joe, it was Joe's age. It was way back. Um, there's power in unity, but we all need to take our personal stand. The coming together of believers and declaration of the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done holds so much power. Our victory is in our worship and being totally caught up in Jesus. The enemy cannot stand against the truth and the name of Jesus. Amen. She agreeing. <laughs> okay, so there's, there's a lot more we could, we're going to share next week, okay, but we actually want to worship. Amen. We actually want to respond. So if the guys want to come up, band or whatever, whoever. Um, and um, let's stand. Clive, do you want to come up? Um, there's some amazing stuff that we want to press into next week and release as a body uh, and some scriptures that, but I just sense, we just sense for this morning there needs to be that personal response from every single one of us to Jesus our Messiah um, uh, Daniela was praying this morning leading the prayer meeting and um, one of the things she said was, oh, anyway, out of the prayer meeting this morning. Um, you know, Jesus called, uh, God called Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery. First and foremost, not to go into the promised land that was coming. He called them out of slavery to worship him. He called them out and said, he said, Moses to Pharaoh, you let my people go. They're going to go to the holy mountain and worship me. This is what we're called for. This is our place. The promised land comes later. (laughs) 
And so when they got to the mountain, some of them go up the mountain and worship and see God. They see God. And some of them stay at the bottom. And they stay far away and they forget who he is. They forget what he's done. And they don't worship. And they get caught up with what's in their hands or they want to go back to Egypt. They make idols. They get distracted. Everything else goes on. But we are called to worship first. We are called to honour him. We are called to acknowledge who he is and what he's done in our lives. And for some of us this morning, maybe you've never said thank you. Maybe you don't even think to be grateful and thankful for being saved before anything else. It's the main thing. When we stand before him in heaven, it's going to be everything. They declare over and over, salvation belongs to our God. It's what it's all about. We don't take anything else with us. Maybe some of you need to just come bow before him. You can come down the front if you want. Maybe some of you need to surrender everything to him because you've withheld some stuff. Maybe you need to give him your whole heart, your whole life, everything, your security, your future, your dreams, and pour them out at his feet and acknowledge who he is. Maybe you need to honor him as your creator. Even if you haven't seen what you want to see, he can create and make miracles. Maybe you need to acknowledge him as your husband and Lord, that he has the best for you. He loves you more than anyone else will ever love you. He is our husband. He is our redeemer. He is the Holy One of Israel. Some of you might need to acknowledge him as the Holy One of Israel. He is the God of the whole earth. Let's worship him. And if you need to bow, if you need to raise your hands, if you need to sing, if you need to say thank you, if you just need to acknowledge him like you've never acknowledged him before, let's just go on this journey together, together of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Over and over, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, I thank you, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.